get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show. Hosted by Brian Baldinger. Welcome to the best football show. I'm Brian Baldinger, your host at Baldy NFL, as you can see right on the screen. And it really, you know, for you, for the, the new viewers out there and listeners, I just want to let you know what I'm doing here. I'm on the third floor at NFL Films. Uh, we're actually building a set back here, so things are going to change here quickly. But anyways, like I, I'm just telling you what I see from my daily film study. And this morning, for example, this morning I was just studying the Atlanta Falcons defense. And if you look at the stats, I mean, just for whatever stats are worth, they're the ninth-ranked defense, ninth fewest points surrendered. Now, I don't know the last time the Falcons were top-10 defense. I don't. I, I think it's been a while. I haven't researched it. But it's but you watch this game against Tampa Bay last week, and that's what I just watched. And you go, Tampa had two two times they're inside the 10-yard line with a chance to score touchdowns, including in the final minute of the game when the score was 13 to 10. And they couldn't score. And you go, okay, and then you go, all right, well, Baltimore is an excellent, you know, red zone defense. There's some good defenses out there. But Atlanta is right there. Like they've given up seven red zone touchdowns in like 19 attempts. And you watch the red zone defense and you go, first thing you've got to do is you've got to be disciplined. Are you a man team or are you a zone team? Or are you a matchup zone team? And so, you know, most teams are trying to get as many options out there as possible. The, the maximum is five, five options. And typically they split it three on one side, two on the other, three by two. Like, that's kind of how they attack the red zone, whether you're at the 20 or at the five, and you got to throw it. And the Falcons literally held uh, the Bucks to two field goals down there. They were 0 for 2 in the red zone. If they scored a touchdown, they win the game, and they take control of the division. Right now, the division belongs to the Falcons. They're 4 and 3. They're at the top. The offense is up and down, depending on the quarterback. But defensively now, you got to really look at what they're doing because they've added – David Onyemata and Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree to the defensive line to go with Grady Jarrett and Daquan Graham and others, you know, and, and all these other young guys that they have. But what you really see is for the last month, this Nate Landman has been playing middle linebacker for him, you know, and he's an interesting guy. You know, he was born in Zimbabwe. His dad was a rugby player and he grew up playing rugby. And when you watch him play, he hits like a rugby player. Like, he just – he forced a fumble last week. It was a big play in the third quarter. Uh, he led the team in tackles with 12 last week. Like, he's all over the field. And when he hits you, he thumps you. You know, and then he plays next to Caden Ellis. Like, they got a good linebacking core. And then, you know, they, they've, you know, they've added safeties, you know, obviously with, uh, you know, all the guys they added in free agency and everything. So you watch them right now, and you go, they got something going on. And, you know, people want to talk about Bijan and Desmond Ritter and, you know, Drake London, all that is really good. But Jesse Bates has been a game changer for him at safety. I mean, he's just a – like Cincinnati didn't want to lose him. He's a, he's a great young player. Um, he understands the game. You know, it's hard to find safeties. It's hard to find safeties that can affect all phases of the game. And, they all, and then, you know, this D. Alford played a great game in the red zone last week. So you look at the Falcons and you go – like, I always liked them offensively. I thought that they would, depending on, on, on Ritter, like, they have they have a, an enormous amount of talent. Enormous. And Bijan had one touch last week. He wasn't even a factor in the game. But 
What I'm excited about with the Falcons is what they're building defensively right now. Arnold Ebikati, like some of these young pass rushers. But really the core right now, this Falcons defense, is how they have added Calais Campbell, Anyamata, to go with Grady Jarrett. That's a great rotation inside at defensive tackle. And then Ellis and Landman at linebacker right now look so solid. And they're keeping the score down. Like the Falcons, you, you have to like just keep watching because I think they're just going to keep getting better and better. So that's that. Then I was like, I'm looking at, okay, Buffalo scored 25 points last week. That's not bad. It's a good number. They could have scored more. Like, for example, the first play of the game, Josh Allen throws an interception. And it's a classic high-low read on the outside. You know, and really, New England just played it perfectly. And it was Jabril Peppers that came up with the interception. He's the flat player all the way outside. He's got a player in front of him. He's got a receiver behind him. And Josh Allen with that, you know, rocket of an arm tries to fit it, you know, into the hole, the hole shot between the corner and the safety. And Jabril Peppers played perfectly. He anticipated it. He made a good break on the ball. Okay, so that's one possession. But then later on, you know, later on in the game, they got fourth and two and they're driving in the third quarter. Fourth and two in New England territory. And it was a classic case of Buffalo being good and New England being good and Buffalo being good and then New England making the play. So here's what I'm saying. Like, they spread. They, they go to a, an empty set, okay, five receivers. And they protect excellently up front. Deion Dawkins, look, Mitch Morris, they, they have great protection. So Josh Allen, who they spied almost all game with Jawan Bentley, okay, um, and they kept him in the pocket. He ran for a total of seven yards. You know, like he wasn't a factor running the ball. So it's fourth and two. In past years, Josh Allen was just like, I'll go get the first down. Like, I'm, I'm the best runner we have. I'm the biggest, strongest guy on the field. I'll just go truck somebody. Well, they're not really doing that now. So they put it in his hands. And, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got a lot of time, probably six, seven, eight seconds to make a read. And, you know, he looks front side. Patriots, you know, he's got a chance to get it to Diggs in that corner shot. And I think Josh in his head saying, I don't know, I, I kind of threw the same pass first play of the game. They picked it. Like, maybe I shouldn't go in there. So, But he's got time. So here comes Dawson Knox on the backside. And Knox shakes free. And Josh Allen, patient, sitting there in the pocket, boom, throws it away from the defender, like couldn't put it in a better spot. And Knox has it. He's got both hands on it. And here, and here's why I say the Patriots played it perfectly. They kept Josh Allen away from running. They made him be patient. They made him stay in the pocket. So they win, win, win. And then Josh Allen, because he's – elite makes this throw to Knox and it's a catch and it's a first down catch. And here comes Juwan Bentley, man, puts his helmet right on the ball and pops it loose. It's a turnover. No, it's a turnover that the, the, the Patriots get the ball back and here the, you know, here the Buffalo bills are going to get a first down and have a chance to sustain offense and get points, more points. They lose that opportunity, you know, and then they go down the field you know, in the fourth quarter, and they get some scores, and they take the lead, 15 points in the fourth quarter. It was impressive. Two good drives. I mean, bing, bing. I mean, big explosive plays, but they leave a, a minute 58 on the clock, and the Patriots go down, and they score in the final minute, the one-yard touchdown pass to Gesicki to win it. And honestly, I thought first possession of the game, the interception, 
late third, you know, third quarter, fourth down stop. Like these games come down to possessions. And then within the possession, it comes down to making a play. And Juwan Bentley made a lot of plays for the New England Patriots. I salute the Patriots. Like they made the play on fourth down. They made the play on the first play of the game. They took the ball down and scored, took it the length of the field, 75 yards, in the last minute, 58 seconds to win the game. So, you know, is Buffalo struggling? Yeah, a little bit. Do, do they have to score 30 every week to win? You would think with a defense that has been pretty good, they should, except that the Patriots really pounded the belly of their defense, you know, and you lose Oliver last week and you lose some of the defense linemen, excuse me, and you lose, you know, you lose a guy like Matt Milano and, you know, you start chipping, you lose the corners like Tredavious White. You kind of start chipping away at things. And they've got good backups. Dorian Williams has been playing good at linebacker. And um, Bedford's been playing well. All that stuff is good. Buffalo's just a little bit off. They're just a little bit off. And um, and so, you know, it's week to week. They play tonight, Thursday night. We'll see if they can get back on track. They should against Tampa, who honestly can't run the ball at all. For the second year in a row, they're the worst rushing team I've seen. They, they can't get, you know – they can't get a 10-yard run, basically. They can't sustain any offense on the ground. Um, it's just – they're just bad. And, you know, maybe they need a new running back. Rashad White, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, like they have not been able to do it two years in a row. And then finally, let's get to the Giants. Because the Giants scored 14 points, and it's not – you know, it's not enough to win. But they, at least they scored. Scored two touchdowns. But what you see last week was, A, Terod Taylor hit on six explosive pass plays. Two to Jalen Hyatt. You know, a couple to Waller. You know, they got Slayton on one. Uh, they got one to Wandale. Like, they got the ball on some chunks. Let's face it. Wink Martindale, the defense, you can load up. You can play great defense. If you can't score points, you're not going to win. And so that's what they – that's part of the reason that happened. So, you okay, so they, they hit their deep shots. What else did they do? And you look at it and you go, I wrote this down. They had – they ran the ball 32 times. They stayed with it. They didn't run for a lot of yards, like 106 yards, like not a good average, 3.3 a run. But they had 11 runs of five yards or more. That's a good run. And Saquon, who had – he had five runs of five yards or more, a lot of six- and seven-yard runs, all on first down. And so when you watch him and you watch some of these runs, because if you're running for five, six, seven yards on first down, you're – First of all, you're going to sustain offense. You're ahead of the chains. You've got more options to take those shots. So you look at them, and they made a couple changes. They moved. They got Glowinski back in at right guard. Tyree Phillips played right tackle. Breedison stayed at center. Um, you know, you, you look at McKeithen moved to, to left guard, and Justin Pugh started at left tackle for the second week in a row. And all of a sudden, they started clicking up front. They, they stopped the missed assignments. They started moving people off the ball. This is the Washington defensive front. And they they got themselves a little bit of run game. I mean, the last month, they haven't been able to run the ball at all. It's just been a broken machine. Like, just missed assignments, terrible techniques, guys on the ground. They battled up front. They battled against a good Washington commander's front. And they battled. And they their techniques, Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, you could tell he really worked with them. Getting Glowinski back is a big deal. Tyree Phillips played really good at right tackle. 
Justin Pugh, you know, coming off the street, you know, struggled his first week at left tackle, played much better last week. And you think, can they continue this in this battle for New York this weekend uh, against the Jets? Because they're going to need to, because you've got to slow that pass rush down. The way that you slow pass rush down in this league is by running the ball right at those pass rushers. And if they can do that progressively even better this week with Saquon, okay, if Terod Taylor's the quarterback, you got to count for him or Daniel Jones. And then if they can continue to hit some deep shots. And, you know, it's interesting because they played the last preseason game this year. And, um, you know, Wink Martindale threw some stuff at Aaron Rodgers, who started that game early in the game, just to see what the Jets' response would be. A couple of zero blitzes at him. You know, just how, how are the Jets going to respond? And I'm just curious. You know, that's how – I'm only saying that not to, you know, say that whatever happened in August makes a difference here at the end of October. But I only say that because that's how these coordinators think. That's how these coaches think. They're two months ahead going, oh, we got to play these guys in regular season. Let's see how they respond to this particular look. Now, look, you've got seven games of tape on the Giants here. So you kind of know what they do, what they don't do, who the personnel is. I get it. But the thinking is these guys never stop thinking. They never stop tinkering a play here, a look, a blitz, a front, something they haven't seen. Like it might come down to that in New York this weekend a play that neither team has run. Those are the kind of things that can swing these games because let's face it, as I finish this up, the best football show, as I finish this up, whoever wins this game, whether it's the Giants or the Jets, both teams are going to feel like they've turned the corner and they're going to have a successful second half of the season. So that's what I have for the best football show. I'm your host, Brian Baldwin. Join me every single day. Thank you.